0: And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, we'll know we are Christians by our love. It's a Christian hymn that a lot of us know. It's been around for a while. It's not entirely accurate. We get the accurate in today's gospel reading from John. When Jesus says, and they will know you are my disciples... ...by how you love. He doesn't say Christian. And I think the distinction... ...is an important one. And I want to spend some time... ...understanding the background... ...and the application. They will know... ...that we are his disciples... ...by how we love. So... ...a disciple... ...in Jesus' day... ...the Greek word is... It means learner learner or students a student now when a rabbi a master a teacher they're all interchangeable when a teacher would take on a disciple then the disciple wouldn't just learn the teachings of the rabbi in an intellectual sense like in an academic way like in a classroom, so many hours a day, or so many hours a week, or so many hours a year, and meet those expectations, and then graduate, and then become a rabbi. No, it was learning. It was the teacher taking the, the teachings of Moses, the law, and the prophets. It was teaching the doctrine and dogma of the faith. It was putting that all in one's head and putting it together. It was that, but it was more than that. So much more than that. It wasn't just an act of the intellect. It was also an act of the will. So when a rabbi, a teacher, took a disciple, then that disciple followed the rabbi wherever he went. Those disciples were with the rabbi all the time. And so wherever he led them is where they went. And if he told them to go somewhere, they went there. And when he gave them a command, they were obedient. They built a lifestyle around their teacher. And not just that, that they did an act of the will, they chose him. But the place of the will where we make our choices is also obviously where we make our choices for love. There is no love without freedom. And so they literally fell in love with their teacher. Not just with his teachings, but with the person who was teaching them. And they lived among him. And also, by the time they have gone for the years of being discipled by him. Following him. They also are imitating him. So again, not just the teachings, not just the intellectual, they want to become like him. And not just like him, like a teacher teaching others, they want to become like him in his actions, and his behaviors, and his dispositions. And his attitude and the way that he lived his life. So that at one point, then in their lives, they become the teacher. And what the rabbi, the teacher, has done for them, discipled them, then they go out and disciple others. They take others under their wing and do for them. What has been done for themselves. That's discipleship in Jesus' time. And it's from that view of discipleship that Jesus says, they will know you are my disciples. I think there's another way to teach this through an illustration, and it's the difference between human beings and angels particularly fallen angels what we call demons so angels are not disembodied spirits they've never had a body they are pure spirit therefore they are pure intellect and they are pure will furthermore they are in perfect communion with god and their intellects are far superior than our human intellect. And so they know God more than we know Him, at a much higher pitch of existence than we know Him and experience Him. Now, with that background of angels, we know from the scriptures it tells us. The Bible tells us in a couple different places, at the beginning and at the end of the Bible, that a third of the angels were removed from heaven. But it doesn't tell us the reason why. But when you read in the context of Genesis and the book of Revelation, and others that allude to this fall of the angels, the context teaches us something. And many of the saints up and down the ages have commented on why the angels rebelled against God. Here's what they have come up with consistently. Surely this is conjecture, but it's consistent. What they say is this. That God at some point revealed to the angels his plan. He gave them a view of the future. See, he had created, at some point in time, human beings made in his image and likeness. And these human beings were also perfectly in communion with God and one another, but embodied spirits, but pure. And of course, you know what happens after that. We fall. We break communion with God and with one another. We are sinful. We are lesser than the angels. we lost that intellectual power that they have and that spirit that is so steadfast and focused and strong the will we lost that so when God's revealing to them how he's going to redeem humanity and all of creation related to the fall there were some among the angels of heaven that did not like god's plan now you can call it pride you can call it arrogance you can call it a lot of different things it's certainly disobedience but it's not a disobedience to a blind set of rules what it is it is a lack of trust of trust In something, someone other than themselves, they being very powerful beings, did not trust God and his plan. Why? Well, we can only imagine. Just follow the thought through. He's revealing this to all the angels, and he's saying, listen, the way I'm going to save humanity is I'm going to become one of them. And so in their minds, maybe they're thinking, If you become one of them and they're lesser than us and imperfect we have to worship you in them and we will not do that we will not bend the knee to something beneath us maybe even further he revealed to them we don't know how he was going to save us not just by becoming a human being but then by taking all of our imperfections our sins that we committed because of our lack of communion with him into himself, although not sinning himself, and die to the consequences of those. To suffer and to die for our sins. And maybe that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And Lucifer leading them says, I will not serve. Who's he saying that to? He's saying that to God. I will not serve you in them. And so, a great battle ensued in heaven, and a third of the angels were kicked out of heaven. Or left heaven. We don't know. I use this illustration for this reason. If angels, who are pure intellect and spirit, and have perfect communion with God, and know God at a higher pitch of existence and experience than any human being ever has. Maybe except for Mary. If angels can reject God, then so can we. As human beings who are imperfect and don't know God like they know Him. See, they knew Him and they believed in Him. They saw him. They experienced him. But when it comes down to it, what they didn't do, because a relationship with God is not just intellectual. It's not just knowledge of the other. It's not just studying the other. It's the will, too. It's choosing the other. And specifically in freedom and trust. You see, when you have a lover and a beloved, the beloved, in order for him or her to respond to the lover, the one that loves him or her, she or he has to have trust in that other person. If there is no trust, there is no authentic love. And so the angels did not trust God and his plan. For us, for creation, for them, in relationship with us. And so they rejected God's love. And if they can do that, not just with their will, that is their their intellect, which knows God more and believes in God more than we do, they can also, with their will, choose not to love God by not trusting him, following him, and being obedient to him. If the angels can do that, we can do that. And in fact, many of us have done that. And by that I mean there are many Christians in the world today who take the name Christian, take the noun Christian or the adjective Christian, I am a Christian, for instance, and they can believe in Christ, we could be sitting in pews on a Sunday morning, believing in God and getting ready to worship Him. But not trust Him. Not be obedient to Him. I'm not talking about just an obedience to a set of rules and regulations, but to the person. And not, therefore, love Him. You see, when Jesus says they will know that you are disciples by your love, he also says, and here's how you love. You love others the way I have loved you. Well, how has he loved us? It's interesting. At the top of this paragraph from John's Gospel, it begins with, Jesus, it begins with Judas, when Judas left them. So what John is telling us is that this takes place in the context of the Last Supper. So Judas, the betrayer, leaves them, and Jesus then says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you love one another. And then he shows us how he loves us. He's betrayed. He's put on trial. Perjured against. And then he suffers. He is scourged. He carries the cross and he dies upon the cross in the ensuing day. So he shows us how he loves us. A self-sacrificing love. So people know that we are disciples of Jesus if we our love for him is a self-sacrificing love. If we are Montetes, disciples, who not just study God to come to know him in the catechism and in the scriptures. Who not just follow blindly a bunch of rules and regulations and procedures and rituals and expectations, but actually follow the person and want to become like him and live our lives imitating him so that we can become like him who has discipled us and therefore we can disciple others and a self-sacrificing love for others which began with him. So the question that all of us Christians have to ask ourselves is this. Am I just a Christian? Well, I hope that we're all Christians being here in a church. Or am I also a disciple? Am I just a Christian who knows a lot about my faith or some about my faith? Or am I a disciple who has my whole lifestyle surrounds the one who I want to become like, who I imitate, who I follow, who I'm obedient to, who I trust in his plan for my life rather than my plan, and who I love in a self-sacrificing way, putting him before me, and then learning to put others before myself. The world will know we are disciples by our love. They will know it.